Well, today we're going to continue our Christmas series that we've been in called A Savior is Born. And today we're right in the middle, as you know, of the most advertised, commercialized, celebrated, busy season in our world. We're right in the middle of Christmas. And I want to encourage you this morning to not miss it. Don't miss Christmas this year. Don't miss it. And you know, you might think it'd be impossible to miss Christmas because for the past month, you've been face-to-face with Christmas decorating, getting Christmas cards out, putting up Christmas lights, going to Christmas parties, candy making, gift wrapping. You've been face-to-face with all things Christmas. So you're probably thinking, how in the world could I ever miss Christmas? But as immersed as we are in all things Christmas, I want to talk with you today how it's absolutely possible to really miss it. To really miss Christmas. In fact, you can miss it for the very same reasons that people missed the very first Christmas. And the reasons that caused them to miss it also caused them to miss the blessings of it. So the truth is this, as we begin this morning, it is possible to have Christmas all around you. And the blessings of it, you can miss them even if they're right in front of you. That's what I want to talk about this morning. So as we begin, pull out your message outline and and write this down. Some miss Christmas because they are, first of all, frantic (laughs) with their preparations. Anybody want to be honest and say you're frantic this morning with some of your Christmas? Nobody's going to be honest. All right. Some miss it because they're frantic with their preparations. And the very first things that cause us to really miss it is just to be so worried about all the preparations. And that was the mistake of the innkeeper. On the day of Jesus' first birthday. You might know the story. In the very last week of Mary's pregnancy, Mary and her fiancé Joseph have to travel to Bethlehem. Now, those days, no cars. So they're walking or they're riding on a donkey. And so they're traveling all the way to Bethlehem to register for a mandatory census that was being taken. So tell me, women, last week of pregnancy, if you've had a child, would that be comfortable? All the way to Bethlehem. So that's what Mary was doing. And so they finally get to Bethlehem. Mary goes into labor. Her water breaks. She's ready to deliver. So Joseph goes on a search for a room. Goes to the hotel room. But when he finds the only inn in this small town in Bethlehem, the innkeeper says something like this to him. Sorry, Sorry, Joseph, but there's no vacancies. I'm full up. This is how the Bible says it. The Bible says this. There was no room for them in the inn. Now, from the innkeeper's perspective, this was a good thing. (laughs) This mandatory census that was being taken was causing him to have booming business. And so for him, it was a good thing. I mean, if you own a hotel, you 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 want to have it full, right? You want no vacancies in your hotel. So having no room in the inn was a good thing for the innkeeper. So when Mary and Joseph show up, he's no longer signing people in. He's keeping his customers happy and probably with a big old grin. Amen? (laughs) I'm full. Business is going great. Money's coming in. Boy, this census was the best thing in the world for my business. Things are going great. And so he's running around frantic He's running towels to rooms. I don't know if they had towels back then, but he's running towels to rooms. He's emptying trash cans. He's answering questions for his guests. 
And so he's frantic taking care of all the preparations. So even though he's now standing face to face with the coming Savior and the first Christmas, he has no time for this pregnant woman and the baby that's a coming. <laughs> no time. Here's the deal. He's, his frantic preparations caused him to miss the first Christmas. His frantic preparations caused him to miss the Savior being born in his inn. I mean, catch this. What a PR deal this would be for him. He could have hung a sign. Savior of the world, born at this inn. <laughs> in the future, everybody would have wanted to visit his inn to see where the Savior of the world had just been born. He could have been having no vacancies for the rest of his life. But he missed Christmas. Here's the question. Are you so frantic with your Christmas preparations that you have no room for the Savior in your home? No room for him to come in to your home. Now, I'm sure the innkeeper, if he had just stopped for a moment to show some compassion to Mary now in labor, that he could have found some way to make room for the coming Savior. Maybe he could have asked somebody to double up to make room for Jesus in his inn. Maybe he could have offered his own home as he was too busy to be at home anyway. Maybe he could have taken Mary and Joseph to his home and said, Honey, this lady's about to deliver. You can help her. You know, they can stay at our house. Maybe he could have made some room somehow. And maybe you and me, maybe we can make more room for Jesus this Christmas in our thoughts. More room for Jesus in our schedules. More room for Jesus in our budgets. So here's the question again. Are you so frantic with your Christmas preparations that you have no room for Jesus in your home? Second, some miss Christmas because they're so familiar with the Christmas story. So familiar with the scriptural Christmas story. The second reason people miss Christmas is their familiarity with the story as they, they get ready with, for Christmas Day. Now, the innkeeper made a mistake, but this was the mistake of the religious leaders on the day of Jesus' first birthday. They were so familiar with the story about the coming Messiah and Savior that it just didn't inspire them anymore. They were so familiar with the story that they weren't looking for him anymore. And maybe you know the story so well that it no longer amazes you. That it no longer excites you. You know the story of Mary and Joseph and the baby that was born. You know the story of the shepherds singing glory to God in the, in the highest about him. You know the story of the coming of the shepherds and the wise men to see him. You know the story. You know the songs. You keep all of the traditions. You, you, you've got it all down, this Christmas thing. And therefore, maybe your whole attitude about Christmas is, oh, wow, here, here it is already again. Here, here is Christmas already again. Man, I can't believe it. It's time to start pulling the boxes of decorations out of the attic. It's time to get the house lights up. It's time to get the tree up. Man, I can't. Oh, Christmas is here. It's here again. The truth is, you can become so familiar with something that it doesn't amaze you anymore. 
And that's what happened to the religious leaders of Jerusalem. But then there were some others who had heard of this coming Savior who began to look up the prophecies of this coming Savior and who learned that he was to be born in Israel. These men were called the wise men. They were kings from the east. And they were amazed by the story. And so they started heading towards Israel. And along the way, they noticed a star in the sky, which they followed in their search for the Savior. These wise men from the east paid attention to the story. And then they made an effort to go and check out the story. These wise men, they finally arrive in Jerusalem and they ask for a meeting with King Herod. That's a big ask. But these guys were also kings themselves. And so they get a meeting with King Herod. He agrees to meet with them. And when they meet, these kings ask Herod, where is this savior of the world? Where is this one to be called the Messiah? The one to be called the anointed one, the son of God, the king of the Jews. Where is this baby that's supposed to be born in Israel? Well, Herod doesn't have the foggiest idea. How to answer their question. So he summons in the middle of the night the religious leaders and scholars of Jerusalem. And he basically says, tell me this story about this baby, this savior, this king who's supposed to be coming. And of course, the religious leaders, they know exactly what to tell him. They know the prophecies. They they know the story. They know the scriptures well. They've been waiting for the coming of the savior for hundreds of years. And so they tell Herod the story. Look at what the scripture says. Herod called a meeting of all the leading priests and teachers of the law and asked them where the Christ would be born. And they answered, in the town of Bethlehem in Judea. The prophet, they're talking about the prophet Micah, wrote this in the scriptures. Lots of people knew the story and knew it so very well. They knew about the prophecy of Micah. They knew about the place of his birth in Bethlehem. They knew the story well. But even though they know the story so very well, they are unimpressed with these kings who have seen a star and traveled so far. They're unconcerned that the prophecy might be about to be fulfilled. They're just unimpressed and unconcerned. And not one of them make an effort to go to Bethlehem and check it out. Not one. And therefore, they were about to miss Christmas because they were so familiar with the story that they'd come to a place where they were no longer amazed about the Savior that was being born for them. No longer amazed. Do you know how far Bethlehem was from Jerusalem? Five miles. Five miles. They wouldn't even go five miles to check it out. As religious leaders, they'd rather sit around and debate about the Savior's birth than to see the Savior born. And the same thing can happen to you and me. If you've grown up in church all your life, if you've studied the Bible all of your life, if you've heard the Christmas story over and over again all your life, you can actually miss Christmas 
You can go through the whole season, every worship service, every family gathering, all centered on the birth of the Savior, and you can still miss Him. So what's the big deal, Pastor? Well, here's the big deal. You can know the story. You can put up all the lights. You can buy all the presents. You can go to all the parties. You can keep every single tradition, and you can miss Christmas. If you miss nurturing your relationship with the Savior born for you, if you miss going and checking out again the story of His coming for you because you know it so well, even though you keep all of your traditions, you will miss the Christ born for you. That's a big deal. And if you miss that, If you missed spending time with the Christ that was born for you, you will miss Christmas even if you put up a tree. Amen? Amen. You will miss Christmas. You see, I like to say it this way. You can put up Christmas lights and still be in the dark. You can put up all the lights and still be in the dark. The Bible says this. Their minds are in the dark. And they are stubborn, so they have missed out on the life that comes from God. So some miss Christmas because they're, they're frantic with their preparations. Some because they're familiar with the Christmas story. And then others, third, write this down. Some miss Christmas because they're so fearful of the one it celebrates. The third reason people miss Christmas is that they're actually fearful of Christmas. You know, some... Fear it, some even fight it. Some even fight having a nativity scene displayed on a public street. Some even file lawsuits against it. Because some are fearful of the one born and celebrated on Christmas. And that's the mistake that King Herod made on the day of Jesus' birthday. King Herod, as many of you know, was literally a crazy, paranoid, sick man. He was a messed up kind of a king. He was a Roman citizen who had overtaken Israel. And he was now ruling over the Jewish citizens. He was a self-appointed king. He was an oppressive king. He was a hated king. King Herod was also a fearful king. He was afraid of anyone who might come and depose him as king of the Jews. King Herod was then a brutal king. Because he would then kill off anyone who might oppose him or overthrow him. King Herod was crazy, paranoid, and sick. Get this. He killed his wife. He killed his mother. He killed his two sons. He killed his brother-in-law. Later the scriptures tell us that he killed all of his children. So when these wise men and kings show up and want to know where is this baby who was born to become the king of the Jews, Herod went ballistic. He was upset. He was now on a mission to kill anyone and any baby that might rise up and take over his throne. The Bible says this, when King Herod heard about this news, he was very disturbed and worried and so was everyone else in Jerusalem because they knew their king, they knew what he was capable of, that he would kill even his whole family 
So they were worried. So what's Herod do? Herod, Herod makes a move now to wipe out all of his competition. He now orders the murder of every baby boy born in Bethlehem during the next two years. And that was called the Massacre of the Innocents. Herod was fearful of the one that Christmas could celebrate. But you know what? No one needs to be fearful of the Savior born in Bethlehem. Amen, church? Nobody needs to be afraid of Jesus, the Savior. The reason you're alive is because God made you to love you. The reason you're alive is because God wanted you to have a relationship with Him. The reason you're alive is because God wanted to spend eternity with you. The reason the Savior was born was to save you from the penalty of your sins so you could spend eternity with Him. You don't have to fear the Savior born for you. You see, He didn't come to take something from you. He came to give something precious to you. Amen? Something eternal, life eternal to you. So Herod feared the coming Savior because he thought he'd lose his, his position and his power. But Herod would have gained an eternal position he, he would have, if he just would have gone and visited and bowed and worshipped the king of all kings, he would have gained eternal life like you and me. But he didn't. Look at what the Bible says. Some people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Some miss Christmas because they're so frantic getting ready. They're so familiar with the Christmas story. Or they're so fearful of the one it celebrates so how do you not miss Christmas? Well, this Christmas, I want to encourage you to just simply follow a very simple formula, probably one that you learned as a kid. Because it's the key to helping you not miss Christmas. And here's the formula. Before you ever cross a street, you were told as a little kid to do what? To stop, look, and listen, right? They gave you a simple formula. Before you cross the street, you stop, you look, you listen. And that's the key to not miss Christmas. First of all, write this down. To not miss Christmas, stop rushing. Take some moments where you stop rushing around and fussing over things that just aren't important. And take some time to be with the Savior that was born for you. Stop being so frantic with all your preparations and take notice of the Savior who has come for you. The Bible says this, all man's busy rushing ends in nothing. We need to put that on the fridge, amen? <laughs> We're so rushing around all the time, and we think we've got to do this, got to... It ends in nothing. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. So this Christmas, would you take some time to just stop? And I know we've, we've got to get ready. The, the dinners have to get ready for family coming over. And the presents, you know, when they're unwrapped, they have to, the trash has to get picked up. And we know all of that. But would, in the midst of all that, would you take some time to just stop and be still? Chill for a minute. <laughs> and take time to know and worship your Savior this Christmas. And you can stop because the Bible says this, reverence for God adds hours to each day. I found that to be so true in my life. When everything was pressing in from every side, I'd think, I just don't have time to have a quiet time with the Lord. But I found 
that if I spend time with my Savior, somehow he makes me more productive. Things just go better in my day. It's like the Lord is adding hours because I take time to reverence him and worship him. It's like he's adding hours to my day. Second, then to not miss Christmas, you not only stop, but then you look. Look intently for the Savior this Christmas. Look for him. And I want to encourage you to look closely again at the story of the coming Savior. Look again closely and commit to share that story with your family once again. I don't know what you do in your families, but I want to encourage you before you start ripping into all the gifts, that somebody lead in some Christmas songs that worship the Lord and that you have prayer and that somebody reads the Christmas story. And if you got young kids, break out young kids' books and read that version. Whatever you can, commit to look for the Savior and read that Christmas story once again. The Bible says this, go and make a careful search for the child. Search the word of God for the reasons why Jesus came. Let his story and his reasons for coming sink into your heart once again. Like the wise men, make an effort to search and look intently for the Savior born for you. Look and make an effort and you will find him. This is what God says. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Folks, if you will take time to stop and look for the Savior, he says, I promise you, you will find me. Amen? That's God's promise. It's not going to be a waste of time. You're not going to be sad because you stopped and spent time. He's promising you will find me. If you've never read the Bible, or if you've, or if you've stopped reading the Bible, you've gotten out of the practice, maybe get a new Bible this year. Go out and get a new Bible this year and start a new, new year with a new Bible. And start reading in the book of John. The book of John is what tells us most about Jesus' life. And seek the Savior and you will find him. God promises. Third, to not miss Christmas, you stop, you look, and then you listen closely to the story again. As you read, as you attend our Christmas Eve service, as you read the story to your family before you open gifts, remember the good news of the coming Savior. Look at what the angel said. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And what's the good news? Jesus says this. I have come that they may have life and may have it to the full. Your Savior came to give you a full, meaningful life. And that is good news. He doesn't want you to just exist. Some people get up, eat breakfast, go to work, come home from work, sit down in front of the TV, eat dinner, go to bed, and they get up the next day and start all over. That's not really living. That's just existing. But Jesus says, I, I want to give you a full and a meaningful life. That's why I've come. That's why your Savior's come. Not only to forgive your sins, but to give you an abundant life. The Bible says this. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Through him. So the Savior, the Son of God, Jesus Christ was born not to condemn you, 
but to save you and to give you a meaningful life. So this Christmas, would you, would you do this? Would you just remember this formula? Stop. Look. Look at the Savior. Listen again closely to his story. You see, some miss Christmas because they're so frantic, so familiar, so fearful. But you can experience a new and greater life this Christmas if you'll just stop rushing, look intently at him, and listen to his story once again. Would you bow your heads with me? You know, to begin a relationship with the Savior that was born for you, or to maybe this morning recommit your life to him, would you on this Sunday before Christmas Day, would you just repeat this prayer in your heart after me so that you don't miss a fulfilling and meaningful relationship with the Christ of Christmas? Pray this prayer and let him fill your heart. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Savior born for me. On this Christmas Sunday, I ask that you forgive all my sins. I ask that you come live in my life. And from this day on, I will follow you. I don't want to miss you this Christmas. So I commit to stop, to look, and to listen this Christmas. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming for us. We thank you not only for this Christmas story, but the total story of all that you came to do for us. I pray that you would bless each person in this service. I pray that as they leave this place, as they begin celebrations, that you would not only protect them, but that you would bless them as they take time to stop, look, and listen once again. In your name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas.